0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Insert Home, a tech podcast where we focus not only on great technology in the Microsoft space, but also on the people who make up our awesome community. We're your hosts, Ashley Rogers and Ed Gonzalez, BizApps MVPs, both focusing on Power Automate. Hey guys, I am super excited to be here on our second episode of Insert Home. Uh, This is actually our first episode where we're gonna be interviewing someone and today Ed and I are joined by April Dunham. How are you doing April? Pretty good, how about you? I am good, really, really good
1: i'm doing well too
0: <laughs> forget about
1: it forget yes, about it yeah Yeah. She's all Thanks. like I'm, I'm i'm happy to introduce april i'm like oh what about me i'll just say her. be quiet you guys chat you do you that's fine
0: yeah that's right so yeah april thank you so much for for joining us um it it seemed like uh once we posted that first one um very quickly i think the next day uh, it was you and a couple other folks raised their hand so super appreciate that
2: yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. honored to be the, the first official guest on here. So you are.
1: Yeah, so that's that's going to mean there's going to be a statue of you somewhere. We don't know. Uh, to...
2: see, do I get a plaque or an award or something? Yeah, sure. I'll a sticker. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'll start building one right now. I'll, I'll have uh, Chuck Sterling build one like the other one you've got already. Awesome. All right. So yes. one of the one of the things I, I want to talk about, and I know this is kind of off topic with the, the technical stuff, is I'd love to hear about the music stuff right um because that seems to be a, either a bit of a passion or a bit of a goal with you right
2: definitely a passion it's kind of I guess my escape from you know the day-to-day I've always been kind of you know musical in one form or fashion you know whether it was you know, inquire in school and then a marching band. I, you know, played the clarinet got really competitive with that. I played the
1: clarinet too. I would love to know how you can be competitive with a clarinet though.
2: I was wondering the same thing. I mean, okay. I live in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma and one of our marching band, the pride of Broken Arrow is like one of the, you know, biggest marching bands in the nation. So, I mean, it can get really competitive, you know?
1: And and what are you competing for? Like who can clarinet the fastest or? First
2: chair, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like who's, oh. who's the best? But it's marching oh, band. I like, you don't,
1: band I don't oh, know. Yeah. If you're in marching band and you have first chair, does that mean you're like, you're the person on the far left or the right and everybody gets to see you? What does that mean?
2: It just means that you've earned the honor of the band director thinking that you are the the top clarinet player in the band. So and you're kind of like the leader of the clarinets, you know? That's
1: <laughs> interesting. And I never would have guessed that you were competitive, right?
2: <laughs> I know, right? It's just totally not in my personality. But
1: and so I played, uh, I did clarinet, and then uh, I also played bass clarinet, which is this beast of an instrument, and just just horrible when it comes to any kind of marching. And I'm not coordinated, so I, I didn't even try the the marching band stuff, but that's new to me too. Is that you? You've been musical, like you've had that in you forever. It sounds like, yeah,
2: yeah. So you know, I did like it's the marching band for a while, and um, I probably kind of let it go a little bit. Like, I've, well, I've always loved music in general, so you know, I was going to concerts since I was a baby. My mom just kind of surrounded me by music, and yeah. that was kind of our thing, right? So I kind of dropped marching band when I went to college, um, just so I could focus on other things but music was always there so probably more recently i kind of picked it back up and my my husband is also really musical so he's uh, played guitar since he was nine so you know we kind of decided you know we need something to do other than work and so why not you know we both like music so we kind of just started playing together and doing some acoustic stuff and um yeah just something we really enjoy doing together and to you know help us escape
0: escape (laughs) yeah, <laughs> and... I I, <clears throat> I love that actually, because um, it feels like, you know, it takes a lot to put yourself out there when Word. you're playing. And, you know, I obviously I, I haven't done, you know, nearly as much as I said, any band or, or playing music and in, musical instruments or singing like that. Um, but it takes a lot to put yourself out there. And uh, do you think that your experience performing in band um and being comfortable in your own skin that way do you think that that's lent itself to sort of your mvp career pre-microsoft
2: oh definitely like i don't know i have been extremely shy like my entire life so even doing you know band and choir it took so much out of me to like to do that you know it took lots of encouragement from you know my mom and family like you know you can do it just you know, go out there. And so I, I did. And um, it, I think that really, if I wouldn't have did that, I probably would have just stayed in that really, you know, shy zone and probably wouldn't have been able to, to even think about, you know, the MVP stuff and all this public speaking, you know, that I do now. <laughs> so it's definitely helped.
1: And, and that's the other thing that I, I don't think we've mentioned is, is your, the music that you do now with your husband and, and other stuff isn't just you guys kind of jamming in your living room i mean you've actually performed on stage and done some things right
2: yeah so well um might sound corny but you know have you heard of the school of rock not the movie but they actually have locations yeah so um they have you know obviously uh, kid programs but adult programs also and one opened up literally right across from our house i could see it from my office window Wow. Um, so we heard it one day, all this music, and we went down there to check it out. We thought, well, I mean, that would be cool. So we ended up joining that for a little while because that, you know, we were just, you know, playing, you know, kind of acoustic at the house stuff. Uh, but that gave us the opportunity to play with the full band, um, yeah. which was something I hadn't been able to experience prior to that. And It was really cool. We got to play like a lot of different places and, you know, like different bars around town and shows. And um, yeah, it was really cool to have that whole you know band experience but now with covid um not doing that anymore we're back to doing acoustic stuff but we do do open mic nights and stuff around town which is fun
1: it so you go to places and do open mic stuff
2: yeah yeah That's so they cool. have you know several different you know bars and stuff around town that every week you can just bring your you know guitar and you know sing, sing a few songs and you can do covers or originals and we've wrote a, a couple originals and uh, really? covers yeah
1: that's awesome. And and I'm trying to reconcile the idea of somebody being shy and competitive at the same time. Is that pretty common?
0: I would actually say so, Ed, honestly, because I grew up pretty shy. Yeah. <laughs> I really did. Um, But the competition, that competitive part of me that's always been there and even if it was just competing with myself and I feel like April you might yeah. have had a little bit of that too right that sort of introverted but you're always in competition to do better than the last time you did something
2: exactly so. and I think that's yeah I can definitely relate to that. that's probably more of what my competitiveness is is yeah, trying to, you know, keep doing better, keep improving myself, you know, just pushing myself to the next level.
1: Um, so you're sitting, so you, you said you went to college, and and I I don't know what your major is, but a lot of us end up in, in situations like, my, you know, my major was mechanical engineering, and here I am very much not an engineer. Um, a lot of us end up doing stuff that's totally different. Did you have your eye on tech from a young age, or or was you, were you looking to do something else and just found yourself in it?
2: I definitely always liked tech. Like I was that that kid that was, you know, building computers at eight, nine years old. Yeah. Um, just like liking the, you know, seeing how it all works under, you know, behind the scenes and and you know, uh, making websites for people when I was in high school to help, you know, kind of pay for college. Um, so I always liked that, but I didn't know until I was actually already in college that that was for sure like an area I wanted to go into. Yeah. I don't know if it was just because I didn't really see. A lot of, you know, no one in my family did that. You know, they weren't in the tech space. I didn't, and then I didn't see another, you know, a lot of women Mm -hmm. um, doing that as well. So I kind of thought for a while that um, I wanted to go into teaching. Um, So that's kind of what I, you know, I I went uh, to this community college at first just to get my basics out of the way. And that was kind of the plan uh, because I just always loved, you know helping people and you know helping them learn i did tutoring in school and and, and all of that and teacher days and i just knew, i knew i really liked that but as i got into school and in college more i did a little bit more computer classes just you know for some um electives and extra classes i just realized you know, i'm really i feel like i'm kind of good at this and I, this is what makes me i'm really passionate about it yeah um so i ended up taking just for fun this uh you know programming class and I just I loved it and that's when I changed my major to information systems and was all in at that point
1: when you mentioned that um, you know you you noticed there weren't a lot of women in the field do you feel like that inspired you to do it more or did it dissuade you from that
2: I would say yeah oddly both yeah (laughs) so I mean in a way it was kind of scary like uh, I mean will I fit in like within this but then at the same time it's like man I can you know kind of my own way and you know so it was was kind of a mixture of both
1: yeah do you feel like um I mean do you feel I don't don't know like additional pressure now to be inspirational to other women or is that just happened naturally because or or just other people I guess in general because you put out a lot of videos and, and a lot of great content and you're doing some really awesome things and I'm wondering are you is that coming from the the idea that you you like helping people or are you focused on you know creating a a better space for women and other folks?
2: That's a great question. I mean, you know, I it originally stemmed from just the place of of wanting to help people, you know, like i I know we all kind of, Struggle with different things, and um, I was kind of making notes to myself to remember things, and like, well, you know, I should just share this with other people because they probably are struggling with like how to do this and flow or whatever it might be your power to meet too. So that's kind of where it stemmed from. And I, I didn't really, to me, it's a little bit intimidating to think about having to be like a, a role model <laughs> for right, right. every woman out there. So I think if I harped on that too much, that that would get into my head quite a bit. But I mean, I think it's a nice, if that can happen, it's a nice byproduct of just. Doing what I love and sharing what I love.
1: Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, don't think at all about the pressures of being that role model, um, because you're you're doing fantastic just as as it is. And I'm not trying to add pressure. I'm just trying to ask the question, right?
0: Yeah, so I would actually say too, April, that um, I'm going to fangirl a little bit, that before uh-huh. I um, was, you know, brought into Flow Fam and introduced to all of these people, right, I, I know that I had seen your name around and things like that, and I could not believe that you're actually so accessible, right? You're just so down to earth and just sort of normal, right? So, and, and, you know, because the videos and the content that you put out is so helpful. Um, and I think, did you, correct me if I'm wrong here, but did you come into the BizApp space via SharePoint?
2: Yeah, I did. I think uh, same with you, right? If I, that's if I recall. Right. Yeah. Um, so I did um, so how kind of how I got in the SharePoint space was I was in this internship at a casino here in college. Um, and I kind of got to rotate across all of the different um, departments there in IT, and I ended up in the you know, development department, and they were happened to be in the middle of this big SharePoint migration project, and that's where they needed help. Had no clue what the SharePoint thing was up until then, but kind of got thrown into it and had to learn it and help them, you know, uh, set up some info forms and SharePoint designer workflows and all of that. And um, so that's kind of how I got thrown into it and it stuck. And um, I did that. Um, you know, my own consulting company we're focused really on SharePoint development. For several years. Um, that's what I did a lot of, lots of custom branding and master pages and custom web parts. Oh, all and, the
0: good stuff. Yeah,
2: all of that goodness <laughs> back in the day. So nasty.
0: Yeah. I love <laughs> it. Oh, it's great. That's so impressive. I, I do forget often that um that you had your own consulting company, and I think that that's, it's very impressive because that's a leap of faith that people take, and, and even if it doesn't work out in the end or you change because whatever, your journey changes. um, I find that really impressive to, to have done it at all because i think that's a real like it's a non-starter for a lot of people it's very terrifying
2: yeah 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 it really is um it does kind of take a, a leap of faith but it's something that i always just kind of wanted to do i guess just to prove it to myself that i could and see what it's like to be your own boss you know i probably think most everyone probably has that kind of just wanting to know what it's like you know So, I mean, I did it for a while and it was, it was really great and got to experience the side of things. It's definitely a lot of work though. It's not for the faint of heart.
1: (laughs) What was that transition like? Like, were you, did you go straight from internship into building your own empire or did you have like a full-time gig to kind of leverage as you did that?
2: Yeah, I had a full-time gig. um, So I worked at this telecom company, you know, as a SharePoint developer for a little while uh, before, and I kind of gradually went into it. So, um, you know, my business partner he kind of already had this business going. It was just him. You know, he Hmm. had a few projects on the side. He was working, you know. um, He's like, he needed a little bit of help. So I kind of just started helping him out on the side um, while I had my full-time job. So it was kind of, it was better that way. I got to ease into it. Right. um, So before I realized, oh, yeah, I could actually have enough work to really, um, you know, keep this going and make it work. So so then I transitioned um, kind of doing that full-time.
1: And did you have any idea that you, you, you know, you would be as prolific as you are with the content and, and have such an impact on folks when you started in this field?
2: No clue. I just thought I was just going to be, you know, just, uh, doing the thing, doing the thing, just, you know, yeah. just write, write code, just doing that, you know, code monkey, whatever you want to call it. And I think behind the scenes, I, I never really thought it would, it would end up kind of being this thing where I, you know, be an MVP or just never really in my wildest dreams that I think that that would actually happen.
1: And when did you when did you get your MVP? Like how long has that been?
2: Okay, now you're making me I think 2018, right? 2019, 2018. Oh, that's
1: pretty that's pretty recent, right? Yeah,
2: I, mean, I only got to have it for one year before I came uh, to work for Microsoft.
1: <laughs> and and that's something that not everybody knows is when you work for Microsoft or get the blue badge as they say. Um, you yeah. don't get to be an MVP, so you got to kind of hand that off.
2: Yeah, I don't like saying former MVP. I like saying MVP alumni, and that sounds better
1: too. Yeah, yeah. Least... <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you know, you know, it's it's one of those things that um, once you've once you've had it, that's a that's a unique experience, right? For for however long that you do have it, regardless of what you go on to, um, it's that mentality I think that still sticks with you because you still do. Um, engagements and events right and you're still producing content so it's you're still doing all the things that you know earned you that in the first place um but uh but now you've got the microsoft next to your name
2: yeah definitely i think uh, you know mvp is just you know someone you know like all of us right here just passionate about the community and sharing knowledge it's just a recognition of that and that's something that spirit and that passion is not going to go away just because you're not an mvp or you got another job so
1: yeah, I do notice that like all, like everybody that I know that has the 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 recognition of that was just doing the thing, was just doing what's coming natural to them. Um, you know, it wasn't like they aspired to be that thing or, or get that recognition. They just like sharing and they like teaching and they like when people, uh, seeing that light bulb come on for folks and that is really exciting. So it's cool to see that. Yep. So if you were to have that conversation, let's say with uh, yourself back in college, when you're first kind of taking those first couple of information systems or computer science classes, were there some obstacles that that got in your way that, you know, present April would have been able to help past April out with?
2: probably back to, you know, the shyness, um, you know, just making, if I would have got out of my shell probably faster back then, like you know, just giving some advice about, look, it's not as, it's, people aren't as quite as scary as you think they are. They're not going to, you know, ridicule you for going up in front of the class and talking. Um, it took me quite a while to, uh, you know, to, to get out of that fear and that mindset. Um, I, I was the person that, you know, you had to present a paper in class and I would literally, like, maybe vomit like that's how nervous I would get how bad it was um so in it you know you can imagine how long it took to go do my first you know presentation at work or you know at a user group it uh, took everything out of me and um so I think if I would go back to my college self I would just uh, try to tell my, you know tell myself that it's not that bad um just you know just do it take some deep breaths and it gets definitely gets better with time too
1: we'll get through this and then yep. do you feel like there's any advice that future April could give present April because like, there's stuff oh. that you're struggling with now that, that you think okay you know what I could really use I could use some insight from from uh, you know a, a, a more
2: from
0: future, uh, future self yeah, yeah, yeah future
1: that's, self.
2: that's a good one Um, I guess it's probably I would think kind of universal a lot of people struggle with this but um Stop comparing yourself to others. Um, Don't let imposter syndrome, you know, get a hold of you. You know, you, you know, you're, everyone's unique. You have your own, you know, certain set of skills and things that you're good at. You mean you're not going to get anywhere comparing yourself to others or, um, you know, having that mindset.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and I think it's good to spend a moment on that because um, that's also something that's consistent with, with this group is, is this thing that we call, we label imposter syndrome. Which is, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how much of an expert you know people see you as, or even if you see yourself as. There are those quiet moments, or, or those times, maybe just before you get up on stage, or just before you push out a blog article, or even, you know, developing a video or anything, you know, and and you just feel like at any moment somebody's going to call you out as a fraud, and somebody's yep. going to say, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, and and that does happen. You know, there are people that's you know challenge you on how you did things and and why you did them that way and and try to puff up their chest and say this is why I'm better at this than you. Sorry. Yeah, and
0: I'd say I'd say that speaks, you know, volumes towards who those people are, right?
1: <clears throat> and sure, I'm sure that's,
0: yeah. you know, it, it's it's really about what they're trying to fill the room with. Um and even so, I think that we can learn from people like that right so if they do challenge us and they do point out something that maybe we did overlook that's helpful that's growth but by the same token you know don't sweat it i think no, i, I think, think that's a hard lesson for everybody to learn
1: when it starts yeah. to get personal then you can ignore oh,
0: yeah. it yes yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly and you just say step off you don't know
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: But it's definitely a thing. I mean, it's definitely, you know, if if someone is new in this and they're, you know, they're scared and or they're thinking that, you know, that nobody wants to hear their story. It's not the case. There's lots of people out there, even if you just affect one person, right, and, and have an yeah. influence on one person, it makes it all worth it. And, um, you know, even even the people that are the best at at what they do they still question themselves it's a normal thing so it's good to hear that from an expert like april
0: that's right so april um and not to quite put you on the spot but i'm hoping um you know is there anything on the horizon for you in 2021 that you'd like to share are there new projects or aspirations um work-related or not
2: uh yeah i mean i just Want to keep doing what I'm doing with you know sharing content um, on my YouTube channel. I'm really you know as as you know passionate about the Power Platform and um, very passionate about DataVerse for Teams and seeing where that can go and how I can just help you know get more people aware of what's there, what they can do with it, and and really maybe more on the developer story in the Power Platform and how I can help amplify that. It's kind of what I'm looking forward to doing more of this year.
0: That's very cool. Yeah, that's very, that's very cool. I'm not sure if um, folks uh, saw it, but didn't you do um, sort of like a developer focused conference very recently, right? In 2020, um, that was about development in the Power Platform, but it was for pro devs.
2: Yeah, it was the powerful devs conference. That was That's really right. fun. Um yeah, a little bit uh, a few months ago, I did a, a session on custom connectors. That was really fun. And That's how awesome. is that yeah.
1: how is the custom connector experience changed since you first started working with the Power Platform? Is it a big difference or a little difference?
2: Yeah, uh, yesterday. It's much easier. <laughs> it was yeah. uh you know, kind of, you know, like any any first iteration of anything, a little bit clunky, not as intuitive as it can be. So it's definitely Definitely improved.
1: Yeah, it still scares the heck out of me, but I'll, I'll get there one
0: day. <laughs> we'll all get there together. Right? Yep.
1: Right. <laughs> I, I haven't had a chance to really mess around with Dataverse, but I know it's picking up like a lot of steam, right? There's a lot of people that are really digging it. Um, one of the questions I have is, you know, that broad level, what is it, right? And then how, how does the maker, right? Because that's that's sort of my persona. How would the maker, the non-classically trained dev, take advantage of something like Dataverse and like maybe what's a good example of of how we would capitalize on that technology?
2: First of all, I guess we should explain to everyone like what 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 is Dataverse because yeah. there was a name change recently. Um, so if a couple heard, yeah, a couple, right? Uh, but we we won't go too deep into that. Um, so. You might have heard of the Common Data Service, which was the Power Platform kind of um, personal, you know, um, database that you have for Power Platform solutions that you can use. That was rebranded to Dataverse, right? So just same thing, uh, Common Data Service just rebranded to Dataverse. Also, at the same time that that was rebranded, though, we got something, an additional feature available to us called Dataverse for Teams, and really all it is is a subset of the functionality that we have with the full-fledged Dataverse database for the Power Platform meant specifically just for building solutions on Teams.
1: Okay, so that's excellent clarification for me because I was thinking Dataverse was solely like CDS Light or, you know, CDS for Teams, but it's Dataverse is what CDS used to be. And
0: two yep. different flavors uh, of it. And then yeah. there's
1: Dataverse for Teams, which is that kind of CDS Lite. Is that...
2: Yep. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, so kind of a mouthful, you know, not to say for teams, but uh, really what the I at least in my opinion the gap that that's solving is well two different gaps in a way. Um for one, you know, they saw we've seen a need for more people are in teams and we want to bring our applications and business solutions to teams where people are already working. Mm-hmm. So you know, traditionally we could do that with custom code and and building Teams apps for the Teams app store, but you know that requires a, a little bit of time to do. So with this Dataverse for Teams offering now we can leverage the you know the low code tools with, you know Power Apps for applications in Teams or Power Virtual Agents for Teams bots, um, you know with no additional cost. And that's the kicker, right? So if you if you wanted before we could always take a Power App that we built and embed it in Teams. Um, But if we wanted to use Dataverse, or formerly known as Common Data Service, we had to pay for a Power Apps Premium license. Mm -hmm. Uh, But with Dataverse for Teams, we don't. Your Teams licensing will include a lightweight version of this Dataverse within Teams so that you can build a real scalable and relational database um, backed application and that's the kicker is where it differentiates itself from say a power app maybe you use SharePoint for so you could get around you know having to pay any licensing. SharePoint's great I love it you know we uh, come from a SharePoint background but it's not something that you would want to you know build a um, you know a high level um, scalable application in just because it's not a true relational database you've probably heard tons of SharePoint people and in the community say that so that's where data first teams i see is really um comes into play is helping you get a solution that you don't have to pay extra licensing for but you can build um, a scalable application in and
1: then how do how do i access the data i mean if i if i create an app and it's in one team or one channel Am I able to access that same data in another team or channel?
2: Yeah. So it, when it was very first released, you weren't yeah. uh, able to. But now, um, with I think just a couple of weeks ago, actually, um, they gave you the ability where you can share your applications and bots and tables outside of members of that team. So you could make it feel like a true Teams application where it's, say, pinned to the left rail and deployed out to everyone in your organization.
1: Interesting. Well,
0: that's fantastic. Yeah, that really solves a gap there. and especially as everybody is funneled towards teams for their one stop shop. Um, I-, I love that experience, uh, even pulling it out and putting it on the left rail there. Uh, that's great.
2: Yeah, that's it's pretty cool, and same thing with bots too. We tend to, when people talk about data virtual teams, it's usually all about power apps, power apps, power apps, but we can't forget the power virtual agents part of that. Bots are a huge part of teams. Lots of people using Azure bot service, QA maker, whatever it might be, to build an interactive bot for teams, which is a great, you know, place is arguably the best place to host a bot. Um, But again, that requires a lot of custom code with Power Virtual Agents. You know, we can do that really easily and, you know, it's same kind of interface like we're used to with Power Automate flows. Yeah.
0: So so I'm thinking about, you know, so my experience right now um, being in the corporate world and people wanting to use bots, um, a lot of times their first instinct is, okay, I'd like the bot to show up in SharePoint on a page because people are in, you know, um, the intranet and they're on a SharePoint page and things like that. Um, In your experience now, sort of looking at what Microsoft is intending for this, um, do you think it's really all about trying to push people towards the team experience or is there still a place for that sort of pop-up bot experience uh, in an intranet?
2: Definitely with the Dataverse or Teams, it's all about pushing people to the team's experience. It's just giving you more reasons to you know push your content and your applications and your business processes into teams um so you know even with sharepoint you know we're seeing a lot of people embedding their sharepoint pages and teams so you don't even have to go out to sharepoint itself you can um, interact with that all in teams itself so that's great
1: yeah well i'm looking forward to jumping in with uh, some of the data first for team stuff i know that that is catching on and well has caught on and i'm kind of behind the curve on that but there's so much involved with the power platform, just trying to stay kind of relevant with that, um, with with everything. I mean, just as an MVP, they they make the joke about drinking from the fire hose from all the different information sources that we have. As a user, you probably even more so because you know there's there's information coming from all over. At at Microsoft, is is that a little more uh, tempered, a little more regulated? I mean, are you is are you able how do you manage I guess all of the new stuff and all the information and all the different things you need to know to do this stuff right
2: yeah I mean same problem here it's it's no different it's okay. definitely like it's drinking from the. It's me. no not just not just you it's definitely a, a definitely a problem you're always drinking from the fire hose and it can be hard to to keep up you kind of have to schedule time to just okay i'm gonna read every possible you know new thing (laughs) schedule time in your day to just try to stay relevant and up to date on what's going on
1: yeah and it's everything touches everything too so it's not like you can just say oh i'm just going to be you know a sharepoint person you know or i'm just going to be you know i'm just like i try to focus just on power automate right but it's it's getting so integrated with you know yep. everything else that it's hard to do that anymore. So now I got to learn all these other things.
2: Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, you know, back in the day when I was you know doing on-prem SharePoint development, it was it's quite different. Everything was pretty siloed, right? You could just be a SharePoint developer. Right. Uh, now you're hardly ever just a SharePoint developer. You're probably also doing Teams dev or you know Power Platform dev. It's just yeah, you know, like you said, it's just really grown and it's not not no longer siloed.
1: That's great. Uh, well, I think I've got all my questions answered. Ashley, did you have more for April?
0: No, this is great. Thank you. I feel like I've learned a thing or two, and I've definitely learned more about you and the interests that you have. So I'm I'm really uh, really happy that you're able to come and join us today. This is yeah. really great.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun to just like take a break and talk to people (laughs) that's that's all this is and we're gonna have
1: you back i hope too because i want to check in and and see you know how things are and and get more conversations more in depth on some of the other stuff when you only have a little bit of time like it's really hard to to get to know somebody and so i'm hoping that over the course of the series we get to have people back more than once
0: yeah that'd be cool i'd love to come back
1: awesome
0: all right thank you so much april really i'm really excited well uh take care guys
1: all right we'll talk to you later thank you
2: Bye-bye.